Coming up next, the booking continues to discuss Arthur. Hey everybody, welcome to The Booking. My name is Nathan. I am your humble and obedient host, the once future and current king of podcasting, as many people have called me. And That's man, why you wear that Burger King crown. That is, where, that is the only reason <laughs> that I go through life with a Burger King. I actually had it surgically attached to my head. Yeah, it was really disturbing. <laughs> it was disturbing. The paper is rotting. If you're going to yeah, get... I mean, it, it's fortunate that you don't take many showers or else... It would be, you know, that's another thing that people are always saying about me, how fortunate it is that I do not take that many showers, (laughs) but that is, it's the one thing people say about you consistently. (laughs) That is a consistent refrain. So speaking of refrains though, a refrain you'll often hear me say on this podcast is the refrain of introducing the two other guys. In addition to wonderful transitions like that one, that's one of the things you'll hear from me. And so let me introduce the two other guys. Now, they are also kings of podcasting. You, there can be more than one king of podcasting. It's not like the king of England or something like that. There can be, I'm going to say up to three kings of podcasting, and <laughs> we managed to snag them all for this podcast. So, the second king of podcasting, well, he's also the scholar who's a baller of reading, and he doesn't even need, like, a Burger King crown. The crown that he mm. had, the giant crown he has is his forehead, which contains a giant brain. And his name. And just a brain in a jar. That's all. Just, he's just a brain in a jar. I think we've already established that about him before. He's it. just a. Was that? Have we? He's it. He's it. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Wallace is coming for you, buddy. <laughs> and you don't stand a chance. Oh, I thought you meant, I thought you meant the clown. That too. <laughs> <laughs> I do that creepy hey, dance. You, Evil space demons in any case. So You know, yeah. I would love to arrange a meeting between Charles Wallace and the It Clown. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a great movie. <laughs> that sounds like a really good genre mashup to me. But speaking of mashups, this guy, he likes to mash up interesting facts in his context segments. And you can mash up his different names and you'll have Brandon Chastine. Yeah. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Nathan. Well, you've heard how to introduce two different people now. So I think you can use similar powers to introduce the third king of podcasting. He is not three, just three the king of, po- of podcasting. Are straight to be different. What that wasn't going to go anywhere. Was so it? far, <laughs> <laughs> I yes well, and it and it ended it because I'm a friend. Just wanted to point mm. that out. Okay, introduce <laughs> the, the third. I There's found a more sophisticated way to leave you hanging and feeling stupid. You know, <laughs> by pointing out that I had to stoop in to save you. No, no, no. After you I, got way out on that limb, I, I, I go out on limbs sometimes, and people seem and to don't en- point it out. Se- some people seem to just enjoy watching me hanging, but I never let another man hang. 
I might I might point out that I rescued him, but I <laughs> I always save people when they sing. We three <laughs> pod, pods of Orient are are yeah, we, we three, three kings pod. of podcast. somebody's painted yeah. us as the three wise men or something to that. We effect. did get that, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I'll throw that up on Patreon. Patreon's been a little thin in terms of uh, behind the scenes content lately. Maybe I'll throw that up on Patreon. Brandon, you were in the middle of introducing the third king. Yeah. And then you were singing and interrupting and all that, but it's fine. I, I, pretty <laughs> all sure I was going to say. I wasn't the one that started singing. He's, yeah. He's not just the king of podcasting. He also happens to be the king of Warhorn. It's true. It's true. And uh, eventually he'll be the king of Evansville. Also true. He is that, creating that is what, the throne and building the castle <laughs> as. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> As we speak, he's going to be overlooking the Ohio River there. That's right. From his well, I, uh, I figured I would just turret. take over the fifth, the fifth third building, and that's a good building to do it from. Yeah, I mean the old national, the old old national building is taller, but it's also jank, and they're actually going to implode it. Yeah. So, but the point is, you want a relationship with the city of Evansville that is similar to like the Pope and the King. In, right, like one of the great Germanic empires of the past. Kind yeah, of deal. I was thinking more like Solomon, but yeah, uh, that works too. The Pope and the that king, the too. the mayor of Evansville is going to have to come crawling to the doors of your cathedral because he's uh, yeah. Have, I'm going to send him to through the streets on his knees. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we will know so, we've achieved success when the mayor of Evansville <laughs> crawls to Jake. On his knees. That's what we're going Not for. just the king That's of Warhorn, but the Pope for. of Evansville. <laughs> Jake Mitzel. <laughs> the he Pope got me. of Evansville. I, love it. <laughs> I think that one should What stay. a glorious title. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a Pope of Greenwich Village. There's the actual Pope. I guess those are the two Popes I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> there's Alexander Pope. There's Alexander Pope. There you go. Mm, there's, that's a third is, Pope. It's a literary quote. Whatever. <laughs> reference. Reference. That's the word. Yeah, one of those. I referenced Alexander Pope in a, my most recent sermon. Really? I did, yeah. What'd you re- the, the same thing that everybody in our our church pastor First pity, circles. then embrace. Yeah, yep. that one. Yeah. It was actually quoted in one of my Proverbs commentaries. It was really apropos. Yeah, no, that, it was quote great. Is, that quote is very apropos. It's such a good... It's a, it's a great it's quote. It's a really great qu- quote. It's almost harder not to include that quote sometimes yeah. when preparing a lesson or sermon or something like that. Yeah. We should definitely not tell people what it is. Since no, 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 no. <laughs> Brennan, I never thought I'd hear my say, myself say this, but you are a, leaning a little bit into that mic there, my friend. Oh, wow. Uh, just, uh, I don't know. What is it that Brandon needs to do with his mic? What is it that you do with your mic, Jake, that makes it not pop? Uses it correctly. <laughs> I just have good mic. I don't know. I guess I try to talk past it and pull back from it when I'm not talking. Yeah, maybe angle it down at your chin so just I, a little bit. I actually have it off to the side Wait, and I'm angled up, like and Jake. then I'm actually talking past it or over the top of it. There we go. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a lot better. So I can just look at you, and I'm talking past it, and I think that really tends to help. Or at least that's that's worked pretty well since I've had the headphones. You can actually hear myself. Also, a very gray light in my office today. Yeah, I don't know. Why. It's beautiful. Kind of I like think no R E. Yeah, I would. Like I would rank our three backgrounds 
Brandon first, Jake second, me a sad distant third. I don't know. I mean, you got Baby Yoda peeking over your shoulder, so I do that. He is adorable. I mean, that's points. He is adorable. I also have a piece of egg crate tacked to my wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what that is? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, one day, if if we choose to stay in this basement for a long time, we'll you know we'll invest in some some sound treatments. That is where seats. that is where Nathan has to live. Is down in the basement, right? Yeah. Which de- which degree is that that we see? I know there are several behind you, but we can only see one of them because the mic's covering the other. You're asking Brandon. Brandon, yeah, yeah. Say what? <laughs> which which of your degrees can we actually see on the oh, wall behind you? There well, are a couple. Yeah. You can see my TCU degree there. Okay. My Texas Christian University that I use next to it. So, Gotcha. Yep. Fun fact about Brandon, anytime anyone's taking a picture of him or he's on video, he makes sure to have at least one of his degrees just hovering yeah, in the yeah. background. Yeah, Always which is to get pretty easy for him. He's had, he has so many of them, so. Yeah, it's yeah, a little awkward for his wedding photos. <laughs> It's always got to be there. <laughs> it's just always got to be there. It's when Alyssa was born. It was kind of weird. For yeah, to, to have a baby actually lying on a degree and and all yeah. the degree onto her face. Yeah, <laughs> Brand- Brandon has so many degrees. He actually used them for as as diapers, diapers and 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 uh, wipes for his kids. That's right. Growing up, and he has a lot Way of kids. too many of those. Way too so many. many degrees. It's like the degrees, it's like the your yo mama formula, but. It's a it's a compliment instead of an insult. Like, how many degrees Yo, Daddy does has Brandon so many have? Degrees. He has so many degrees that <laughs> you use them for you diapers. You use them to wipe your wipe your what? Yeah. Uh, your nose. Wipe the smirk <laughs> off stupid people's faces. Yeah, there you go. That's what the booking's been doing since two thousand fifteen. Two thousand eleven. fifteen. Hey, I, I did double math in my head somehow. I don't know. I think t- 2015, maybe 2016. Yeah. 2016, I want to say, because we're on year six right now, if I'm not mistaken, and it is 2001. So most of our listeners it's like It's definitely 2001. We are tra- time travelers. Yeah, no, it is 2001. Podcasting isn't even a thing yet. We're in the black obelisk thing that brought a new civilization to humanity or whatever the crap happened in that movie. Are you talking in the about Eternals? That? I'm talking about... Uh, <laughs> Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey all I needed to do to make a joke was pull a movie that wasn't 2001 that's all I needed to do but but that's what you pulled (laughs) and I literally could not pull a movie like uh, Baby's Day Out that's like that's what I was going for but I I just couldn't pull it you were going for Baby's Day Out (laughs) no I mean obviously we were talking about 2001 here I'm outing myself about a limb I don't just out other people, when they go out on limbs, I, I'm describing the process of my failed joke here. So, obviously, we were going for 2001. I was trying to subvert that expectation by coming up with literally any other movie. Like, what movie are you talking about that takes place in 2001, Nathan? And then, you know, I was going to say something else, but I, my brain could not pull another movie. Hmm. Interesting stuff. <laughs> See, this is what happens when I go out on a limb. I think that I think that other people should be happy about what happens when they go out on a limb. Just say, hey, you know what? You guys ever heard of the Troll Hunter series on Netflix? We have. I'm about have. to do a nice little segue here for you, Nathan. Okay. The last season of that show combined time traveling with Arthurian legend. What? Wow. Yeah. The whole premise of that last season is they're trying to 
fix what went wrong between Arthur and Morgana, his sister. So they also get all of the Arthurian legend wrong. Oh. But hey. I wonder if we're going to get some Arthurian legend in Loki. Wouldn't surprise me. That would not surprise me either. Well, speaking of trolls. um, First episode, I have. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, it's good. It's the first thing that you don't forgive for being Marvel. You just enjoy. Yeah. Well, arguably the first couple episodes of WandaVision were like that, but there was a lot of forgiveness required pretty quickly. Yeah, but but this first episode of of Loki, yeah, you don't have to forgive anything for being Marvel-y because it's just like well-directed, well-written, good acting, interesting conceit. I wonder if it won't fall off exactly like WandaVision, but it's you know, it's very possible. I mean, four or five episodes in, they'll be like, wait a second, we have to set up the multiverse. Let's be boring and dumb and expository. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, it all has to play into and build into the Marvel universe. So if the, if the way the shows have panned out or any indication, it's like, well, you've got freedom for the first three episodes to do what you want to do. And then you've got to tell our story. So, this is but true. we'll see. We'll see. I think that Loki's the kind of show that really could get away with with just being a, a great show. Yeah, top to bottom. And Tom Hiddleston seems like he probably has some pool to do whatever he wants. He He's actually named executive producer of the show. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think so long as he's got and earned the right to have some creative control, he's going he's gonna to help keep it elevated. Yeah. It would be interesting to know whether this was in his con... This was a contract checkbox or whether they had to renegotiate with him to get yeah. this show. I'm really interested too. I think that he would be the great I mean, I think that he can be a torchbearer moving forward to keep the whole MCU interesting, especially with what direction they're taking him in this this thing. So, uh, and Feige would have been stupid to not ink that if that was a possibility. Yeah. Well, good transition, Brandon. You got us talking yeah. about exactly the subject we were supposed to be talking about. Hey, what are we really going to talk about? I, the rest I've, of the Arthurian. We 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 got. I exist Mallory. to be the agent of chaos in this show. I've decided. You're an yeah. agent of chaos. You are the Loki. Yeah, that's what everybody loves about me. <laughs> Nathan has the body of Thor. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Aren't you going to say Fat Thor? No, actually, <laughs> no. I wasn't no. even thinking that. I just my brain's not here. Sorry. <laughs> it's in that jar. Speaking of jars, our show would be a jar if yep. we didn't talk about King Arthur. Mm. Now there's a transition. That's how you do seg- a transition. That's a Brandon. bookending segue right there. <laughs> 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 bookending se- See, there are good segues, and then there are bookending se- segues, and you know you made the mistake of you had a, you had trying a for a good segue. one, but yeah. Well, so listen, what are we talking about today, Nathan? Well, here's what here's what here's what happened, folks. I'm just going to be honest with you. We, we're going to we're going to break up our King Arthur coverage a little bit here because we've gone for a long time on King Arthur and we need to get, we need to talk about Watership Down, which is one of the best and most fun books that we've read in a while. We need mm. to talk about spoilers. Oh, sorry. Or it's crap. Yeah, you're giving, you're giving our hand away there, Nathan. <laughs> it might be crap. Five stars. Five stars out of, out of 100. Many, yeah, out of 100. Listen, we need to talk about Watership Down. We need to talk about Book Howl's of the Moving Dun- Castle. How, yeah, we need to talk about Hal. We need to talk about Duncow. We, we need got to some talk- fun stuff coming up. Yeah, this is Sorry, a really fun lineup. You. What's that? I keep interrupting you. Oh, no, that's okay. 
we so we so we need to get the lineup. So we're gonna fi- finish arcing out Arthur. Like we're gonna talk about post Mallory, and then I hope, Lord willing, we'll come back and talk more in depth. Like do sort of a regular bookening discussion, which we haven't actually managed to do very much of about Arthur, about uh, what should I call it, Mallory, the more Arthur, yeah, the more Arthur. But now is not the time for that because we have other things that we need to do on your favorite Christian literature podcast, or I'm sorry, on your favorite literature podcast done and, by and Maybe you don't want to say this, but we also actually have to read Mallory. Yeah. I, that would help. Some truth to that. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to be the one to say it, but I'm happy for it to have been said. I just was going to let And there's it. also the fact that you guys keep letting the Patreon amounts drop below 1500 Yo. And then bounce it back up, and you. But come on, people, get us up high enough so it's not dropping down. Yeah, at the beginning give, of every month, and maybe you'll get more security. consistent. Yeah, we don't know. How much do you want, Arthur? Yeah, how I mean, much do you want, up. Brandon? Is my question. Yeah, no kidding. As soon as we announced our Patreon incentive to get Brandon up, the Patreon Y'all started pulling ground to a halt. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should announce a new incentive. Like we'll do Beatrix Potter next year. If you don't get it, up, how about this? If you don't get it up to 2000, Brandon's just going to leave the show because his feelings are going to be hurt. Well, I don't want to actually threaten our listeners, but I do want to say, come on, Brandon gives a lot to the show and we would like to give him something back and we need your help. So get us to 2K and that is a way of ensuring that this show goes on for a long, long time. And I'm saying that without threatening the other thing, but you know. Oh, get us up there by Christmas, and we might have some special things for you guys. You know, okay, we'll go go ahead and say it. Me and Jake will, what was the thing that we agreed to do? Repel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 50 feet into a pit. Vipers. Yeah. And Nathan's going to be wearing a dress that he was wearing for some, and there's going to be like mummies and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to wear, what kind of dress? You know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> my dress. Your sure, dress. I'll wear my dress. It'd be Once awesome, again, people. <laughs> saved Jake. <laughs> Nobody I'm... wanted to play the Indiana Jones riff. I, I don't know. Okay, so I'm, I'm Marion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. All right. I quit. Maybe I should just leave. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're all going to continue doing this show. It's going to be great. Get us to 2K. Brandon will get paid. We will read Ready Player Two, and we will read a good book that you really want us to read. I just don't know what it is because you haven't told me. Is Beatrix Potter an actual good idea? Maybe. Is that something we haven't done her yet, have we? No. No, we haven't. And she's interesting, an interesting person to talk about. Yeah, she's great. Listen. We could read that Bill Clinton and what's his Facebook that we started that one day? Oh, yeah. Barnes and Noble. Was that by Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton and. And, you know, the guy who does James all Patterson? The, was it Patterson? Yeah, Patterson, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the network keeps we could do the me. We could do the Clancy-verse. The Clancy-verse. <laughs> For Red October. That would be fun. We could do the Crichton-verse. See, the thing is, we I don't do the think... the Grisham-verse. I don't think our listeners are as motivated to punish us, actually. I think they like us, and they'd be more motivated for us to do something... That they're this excited just, to hear us talk about. That they're excited, genuinely excited to hear us talk about. I think they'd all love to make us suffer with Ready Player Two, but ultimately they're going to be more motivated by rewarding themselves with the discussion that they want. Well, who's somebody they want us to talk about then? 
I don't know. It has to be somebody that we haven't talked about yet. Does it? We haven't ever given Chesterton his real shake. We did like a brief one-off episode on him. The fiction of Chesterton? Yeah. I don't know. We could do the man who was Thursday. What if What if it was... Uh, it might just end up making people mad, so maybe that's a bad idea. How, how long has it been since we, since we did Potter? Beatrix Potter? Never. I think he means Harry Potter, Nathan. Oh, the two Potters. The second Potter. Potter Familius. Hmm. I'm just full of all the dumb jokes right now, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're knocking it out of the park, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Not quitting my day job here. <laughs> no, uh, well, look, the last time we did Harry Potter, our kids were, or my oh, kids. That's interesting. Were much younger. And now I've got one kid all the way through Harry and another kid into Harry. And. I don't know, coming back to some of these things down the line, even coming back to something like Potter having done Lewis and Tolkien and Arthur. Mm -hmm. That could be fun. Oh my goodness. He's either really excited or... Look, I I am being cornered into being a high school baseball coach and Ah. the texts and emails don't stop coming. And as fun as it would be in some respects... I can't handle that, right? I just can't handle it. We need you to appear on the bookening, and we need you to be a pastor and the future pope of Evansville. And Man, was there was ever a pope a baseball coach? No, probably never. not. Although baseball coaches are really great fathers, father figures in the community. Yeah, for good or ill, one way or another, they're strong father figures in a community. I mean, there's a lot of good that could be done and benefit, but. My goodness. Just because you closed the door right now, it doesn't mean it's closed forever. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. The church gets some stability and I, no, I'm just never going to have time for that. I have seven kids on top of Warhorn and our church. Maybe okay. one day, some of your kids. Yeah, maybe I'll give the world seven baseball coaches, but yeah. it's not going to be me. And okay, maybe one of my kids can, maybe I'll give the world one baseball coach or two. Lucy in Geneva. Exactly, yeah. <sighs> uh, okay. Well, Jake's in an existential crisis. We're all in existential crises, though. Our listeners can tell how much there is to talk about with Arthur after <laughs> Mar- Mallory. <laughs> after Marlo. <laughs> yeah. Listen, how about this? As, as far as the Patreon reward goes, why don't we ask the listeners? I think, I think Deep Dive Harry Potter is awesome. Like, like we yeah. actually, because what we actually never did with Harry Potter was go through the individual books. So we could do, I mean, I don't, Sorcerer's Stone isn't the most exciting, motivating thing, but probably people would like individual. I don't know if we make Takes. them unlock the whole Potter thing, like at once, or if they're just unlocking. What if, what if they could force us in a poll to revisit any book? Yeah, that's that's that what I was about done. to get to. Is, not and not just any of. I'm sorry, I just jumped on and, but but I mean anything, including like Gilead or anything we've ever done. Yeah, like any reconsiders. Well, there's so many episodes that we did early on that we could go deep. I mean, we did one episode on Anna Karenina for crying out loud. It was a good episode and it was a long episode, but yeah, we could the, the bookening reconsiders Huckleberry Finn. Oh boy! In, in, in light that. of having read now. Invisible Man and To Kill a Ready Mockingbird one. and Ready Player One and Hemingway, right? Because we did that. That was like one of our 
what book four or five yeah that we did uh, well i'll just say it huckleberry finn got short shrift yeah i don't often out uh, there's there's only a couple episodes of the bookening that i would just consider to be duds but huckleberry finn is one of them i do not think that we covered that book properly and we were just early on we were nervous actually what ended up happening is we would turn off the mics and then we would have these great discussions about how huckleberry finn intersected with our own lives Mm -hmm. the kinds of discussions we would be happy to have on mic now i think but we just weren't quite comfortable with that level of vulnerability being public that soon right which is fair enough but also i didn't know how to take us through the book I, i you know i'd be a better host now and Huckleberry like Finn des- deserves a lot more. So yeah, I think you should open it up to the bookening reconsiders. I like that idea. Yeah, uh, give are us we a, gonna give us, just give whatever ex- throughout our? Are you going to give them five choices? Should we narrow it down for them, or should we just ma- just wide open field? I think it should it be a wide open field, and I think it should be three. And okay, then, and then the next level, you know, twenty two fifty or whatever, twenty five hundred or whatever, can unlock the next three bookening reconsiders because i think three or four like one a quarter or something like that yeah so you're saying that if they get to the 2000 we'll do the first three yeah 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 i love that Uh, what so what if they just make us reconsider a wrinkle in time at every stage like that would be amazing every time i mean if that's what they want to do that's what they can pay for but if they want want us to come back to till we have faces or narnia you know you're not gonna like what i think about those books any better than you did the first time don't do it. If you want us to come back to Winnie the Pooh. You um, might like what I think about that book better this time. Ooh, yeah. there, there's a hook. It's true. At least I want to defend his poetry more than I think we did. Uh, so. I actually think we did a great job of defending his poetry, just nobody okay. cared. I would love another shot um, at Huckleberry Finn. I would love another shot at Winnie the Pooh. I yeah. would like just, another shot at Hemingway. I don't think we've ever really given Hemingway his due. We did a little bit for Old Man in the Sea. Don't forget that. Yeah, right. We did, and, and, we, and we yeah. made sure we came back to Hill's... At some point. The hills <laughs> yeah, have never mind. I, fr- I completely forgot we did Old Man in the Sea. No, that's a horror movie. Hills with like white elephants. <laughs> yeah. Um, the hills have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> hills have faces. That's a mashup of Wes Craven and C.S. Lewis, which would be an awesome mashup. Probably be better than the either of the originals. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Till we have garbage. You know what? I'm willing to just make everybody mad right now. I think... Till We Have Faces might be one of the most overrated novels I've ever had to read. <laughs> <laughs> not the first two thirds. To be fair, to be, I'm not just being diplomatic. I really enjoyed and got into the first two thirds of that book. And That's then I true. thought it really fell off at the end with its crummy It falls off the end. And I mean, if I guess the argument against that is then if I'm willing to forgive Huckleberry Finn for falling off at the end, why not forgive that one? So. Because it doesn't, Huckleberry Finn doesn't fall off into idiocy. It just doesn't know what to do with itself. It doesn't yeah. actively negate the goodness of everything that came before. It's just like babbling paganism. And here's my trickster, Tom, who we all love to yeah. put a button on this thing that I don't know how to end. It's like, well, you didn't have to do that. Like if C.S. Lewis had just had Aslan show up and fix everything, then that would have been much better. We would have liked <laughs> to, awesome. we would have said, oh, that's dumb. But <laughs> hey, those first two thirds were pretty good. <laughs> Yes, I did just compare Aslan to <laughs> Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Tom Sawyer riding on Aslan comes in to fix it. That'd be great. With Harry Potter following behind on his broom. That would be awesome. We need to do another well, what did we call that thing? Where we 
Oh, where we made our own novel. Yeah, our, our draft, our, our, our draft picks for novels. That was fun. Those were so those were Those were great. Those, that was some great booking. Probably people just want to pay for that. How do we narrow this down? Should it be like a poll on Patreon? Should we just throw it on Twitter or Instagram? So I think, I think what, no, this is for patrons. This is for patrons. Okay. So what we should do is we should take nominations via Patreon and then have the patrons vote and rank them. And so any nomination can be on the ballot and we'll just set a date, you know, for when the nominations have to be in and a date for the, when we're going to run the poll. And that makes sense. I mean, in, in part of why, so what I think we should do is we should just go ahead and start taking nominations and then mm-hmm. have a, have a period, have a window of 30 days or 60 days or something like that to give new patrons a time to go ahead and get in oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. make their nominations and be in in time to vote. Uh, well, okay, so we, this episode, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it came out, just know that I put this poll on Patreon that day, and you have 30 days to get your nominations in. So sign up for any level of Patreon, and I mean, you could literally give us a dollar, and you'll at least be able to enter your nomination. So, yeah, and then yeah. these polls should close at November 2nd. That's election day, so wait, that's way too gonna, long, actually. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're not going to accept <laughs> nominations for uh, all through summer. Why not? I'll give it a month from a month from the day this episode drops, which is June sixteenth. So you have till July second, sixteenth, to make That's your good. nominations. Then we'll have a little voting window, and then people will be able to support to get us up to that level. So this is exciting. I look forward to seeing who they make us go back to. Yeah, I hope it's Tolstoy. Although that would be quite the chore to read War and Peace again or Anna Karenina for that. I think matter. they would have us go back to Anna Karenina. You think they would, or you don't think? I think they would, if they're going to choose a Tolstoy. I think our War and Peace episodes were fine. Yeah, Anna Karenina got a little short-shrifted, perhaps. It was still a good episode, but it was just, we were cold, and then, yeah. So, all right, Pride and Prejudice, East of Eden, Mm -hmm. Jungle Book, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Huck Finn, Beowulf, Mm -hmm. Macbeth, Dracula, Gilead, Christmas Carol, Anna Karenina, Emma, That Hideous Strength, as I Lay Dying, A Handmaid's Tale, Winnie the Pooh, Boys of Blur, mm. Heart of Darkness, Murder on the Orient Express, mm. Mid- A Midsummer Night's Dream, My Antonia, Something Wicked This Way Comes, Martin Dressler, Dubliners, Till We Have Faces, Mansfield what Park, a-, a Wrinkle in Time, Ready Player One, Remains of the Day, Charlotte's Web, Fahrenheit 451, The Odyssey, you can make us do the Iliad if you wanted. The Big Sleep, Harry Potter, all of Harry Potter, B- Blood Meridian or not, King Lear, Frankenstein, The Good Man is Hard to Find, and Good Country People, Bleak House, yay. <laughs> the Great They're Gatsby, make us redo Bleak House. Persuasion, Alice in Wonderland, Jane Eyre, Catcher in the Rye of Mice and Men, The Old Man in the Sea, Witness for the Prosecution, Chronicles of Narnia, and all of those books. Richard II, Horse and His Boy. I don't know. Yeah, that's still in. Henry IV, Henry V, the Red Mask, or Mask of the Red Death. (laughs) Midnight's Children, War and Peace, The Hobbit, Sense and Sensibility, Johnny Tremaine, Fellowship, Trumpet of the Swan, Moon and Sixpence, Waiting for Godot, To Kill a Mockingbird, Two Towers, 
Dangerous Laughter, Never Let Me Go, Return of the King, 1984, Dune, Ready Player You, <laughs> The Brothers K, Northanger Abbey, Charlie, all the things that we've just finished, Invisible Man. All of those things are options for you guys. Yeah, that's an exciting list. I heard several that I, I would want to... I, I would actually let, love another shot at Alice. We we spent so much time litigating what's-his-face that we didn't really talk too much Lewis about Carol. the book. Yep. And I think we could have gotten some content out of that. You could Heart make us darkness. do Blood Meridian. I mean, if you really wanted to all band together to make us read that terrible book, then I suppose mm. we could just blame it on you or something like that. That's what we would do. Oh, that's totally what we would do. But we would do it. Like if all of our it. patrons had that much interest in hearing us litigate Blood Meridian, we'd litigate it. If you if you banded together and wanted us to do the McCarthy verse or something like that. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the booking revisits or Dune verse. The Dune verse or the Potter verse. Oh, you wanted man. us to come back and go deeper into Dune. I will hate you all, but <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> hey, it's an easy read, sort of. Pretty cool. Spice. Spice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just need to take some spice before you read Dune. So Brandon. It's much better on spice. Blue. Gonna be Your covered in spice. Blue. Okay. Well, let's talk about King Arthur. What happened to old King Arthur after Sir Thomas Mallory? The sensible mm. reason for this episode. <laughs> well, Nathan, what happened? Not much. I mean. What do we have to talk about? Idols he of got the popular. King? He got popular. He yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, Mallory kind of brought him into the mainstream, and almost everything we think of with Arthur today came from Mallory. So, but yeah, you get the Idols of the King with Tennyson, but that's years later. It really wasn't until, though, the Romantics and Tennyson, especially, that Arthur came back into the mainstream. He kind of had a quiet few years. He went into, he kind of died, went to. Avalon for a while and just Poor stayed guy. there. Yeah. Until Tennyson resurrected him. And then you had a new Arthur obsession with the uh, 1800s. You get that other guy, T.E. White. Is that his name? Yeah. I've never read. But he's in the 1900s, right? Like, not the 19th century, but the 1900s. Isn't it T.H. White? Is it T.H. White? Yes. So I could talk a little bit about him because I have read that thing. I mean, I, yeah, sort of in the stone or just the. The I've read I've read all of them, the ones in Future King. Yeah. So, have you read Tennyson? I've tried. I didn't care for it. I don't know. It's something about it was off-putting to me. I have, and I mean, it's just it's that sort of gaudy musical style from the 1800s. You have to like Tennyson to like it. He adds a few things that aren't in the other stories, like Guinevere gets quite a bit more filling out as a character as he romanticizes about her struggles that she had with her adultery. So that's kind of the key difference and thing that Tennyson adds. It's se- it's kind of separated into sections that exam well, a little bit, I guess, like Mallory. It looks at each of these characters. And it's a long poem. I guess we should warn people about that. It's a long eighteen hundreds poem. So Would you recommend it? Like if you like eighteen hundreds poetry, yeah. I mean it's Tennyson. But you have to like Tennyson. And you know, poetry has kind of drifted away from his style, but he's he's what most people in school would think of as a poet. If you're not thinking of the kind of obscure postmodern poetry we have today, then he's going to be that very musical, very rhyming-focused 
very clean and precise, but a little bit floral. I mean, when I say floral, I mean showy with his sentence structure, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. you can probably read a section of it if you want me to look up something. Yeah, why not? I mean, there's there's more to say about what happened with the Arthurian legend, but I mean, it's just, these are the big things, you know? Right. Let's see, here is one that's online. Let's just read. Not dedication, the coming of Arthur. Leo Dogrin, the king of Cameliard, had one fair daughter and none other child. And she was fairest of all flesh on earth, Guinevere, and in her his one delight. For many a petty king ere Arthur came, ruled in this isle, and ever waging war each upon other, wasted all the land. So he really, he's also kind of leaning, I forgot that he did this, he's kind of leaning into the, at least early on in here, the like the Anglo-Saxon. Alliterative Anglo-Saxon meter. sound. He's got these breaks in between the lines. Yeah, so. I was hearing that too. Yeah, and still from time to time, the heathen host swarmed overseas and harried what was left. So you can hear that. He has that break and swarmed overseas and harried what was left. So yeah, that's kind of fun. I forgot that part, that aspect. It's been a long time since I've read these. Let's go down to Guinevere and see what she sounds like. Am I reading the right thing here? Wait, was that a quote from the poem or were you scrolling down to Guinevere? No, yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure. Let's go down to Guinevere and see what she sounds like. Okay. And so he kind of plays around with some rhyme scheme here. This isn't as musical and maybe I'm thinking, was there anything else? I'm going to look this up while you're talking about T.E. White in just a minute. So, but now the wholesome music of the wood was dumbed by one from out the Hall of Mark, a damsel errant warbling as she rode the woodland alleys, Vivian, with her squire. You can hear it more there. Mm -hmm. The fire of heaven has killed the barren cold and kindled all the plain and all the wold, and new leaf ever pushes off the old. The fire of heaven is not the flame of hell. Old priest who mumble worship in your choir, old monk and nun, ye scorn the world's desire, yet in your frosty cells ye feel the fire. The fire of heaven is not the flame of hell. So you can hear it more there, you know, kind of mm-hmm. that rhythmic. And I mean, he's really mm-hmm. good at it. What's, what Tennyson does very well is he's not, even though he can be what I called floral with his style, he's not, he doesn't tend towards too much sentimentality and gaudiness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, there's a reason he was as respected as he was as a poet. So yeah, if, if you like long narrative poems, you could go, you could do worse than this one. It's fun, especially if you like the Arthurian stuff and a good representation of what 1800s poetry was like in Britain. Yeah, so. I think I, my brain is a little unfair to Tennyson because I think of the Charge of the Light Brigade and certain things like that that are just kind of ba 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 He's better than that. <clears throat> I'm right, wrong. Tennyson's right. Should I talk about T.H. White real quick? Yeah, and I'm going to... Yeah, go ahead. Well, so I do not recommend that people read The Once and Future King. It, it, it's divided into four different books, I believe. And one of them is The Sword and the Stone. That'd be the one to read because it's fun and it's similar to the Disney Is that the one the, the Disney, Disney movies? movies? Yeah. Is it based on it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so there's. it's not exactly the same. Obviously, Disney changed it, but... You do have the young boy, Wart, and you have Merlin, who's a grumpy kind of avuncular figure like he is in the animated thing. And they turn into animals and learn different lessons. And it it is similar formulas to what Disney ultimately did with it. And it's kind of fun. But T.H. White got really grumpy as he went. And 
it's really more of an anti-Arthur novel, ultimately, when you put it all together, than it is. It's a little bit like that movie. Do you guys ever see Troy, the Brad Pitt Troy movie? Yeah. Yeah. Where they they removed all the heroism and the poetry and the gods and everything like that. And they just made it about how futile war is and they portrayed all the characters as kind of modern and neurotic and self-obsessed and and the only one with any uh glimmer of heroism is hector yeah and eric banna as hector was great in that he was great yeah but achilles is portrayed as not narcissistic in the classical sense of hilly's achilles but just more of a modern like why am i engaging in this futile bloodshed you know it's 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 just very modern and T.H. White is one of the original peoples to do kind of one of the original peoples to do kind of a Pomo take on something like that. And that's very much what Once and Future King is. So Lancelot is always contemplating whether, you know, whether the violence that he's asked to do lines up with this code of chivalry. He's always asking these questions. And Arthur is disgusted by the fact that might makes right and he's like questioning it all the characters are portrayed as neurotic shades of gray and that's the point i mean if that kind of thing sounds interesting or exciting to you then i guess you might enjoy it but if you want any kind of traditional heroism or action or characters that you can believe in or good guys and bad guys i mean mordred is portrayed very sympathetically you know it's just <clears throat> let's look through the Arthur legend from kind of a modern neurotic, psychological, anti-war, anti-violence, anti-king, anti-authority perspective. And if if you actually believe in any of that stuff, then I think you'll be pretty off-put by the once and future king. Again, it starts out cute with Arthur as a kid in The Sword and the Stone, but then the later books really not just... Cute. They're not fun. I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's like reading... I don't know who's some modern neurotic writer, Saul Bellow or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I so the Arthurian legend, if uh, it does often reflect with so Tennyson was part of what you would what I think I said he is the Victorian revival of Arthur. He kind of right. been quiet until then, and um, you see what happens with the Arthurian legends is they reflect the thinkings of politically of the people. Yeah. So like with Tennyson, Arthur, he's kind of a background figure, a lot like he is in Mallory, but he's still this ideal king, he's this ideal man, and through human weakness, the whole, if my memory serves, you know, it, it, that's, how, that's why the kingdom fails to establish itself on this earth, is because humans just are ultimately weak and are going to fail, but it's not like that pessimistic, postmodern understanding that T.H. White would have of it, right? Yeah, it's more just the sadness that's at the heart of being a human and being fallen. So there's that Christian understanding of the limits of even the best men trying to establish and have authority on this earth is going to be weak and have the fall that eventually dismantles it. Which that's just so, classic tragedy. That's that's Shakespearean yeah. tragedy. But T. H. White doesn't believe in high tragedy, I don't think. He just reduces everything to kind of low, neurotic tragedy. Mm -hmm. It's not, Arthur was a great man and great was his fall. It's nobody was ever a great man and actually there weren't any great villains either. There's, there were just neurotic people who were trapped inside this code of authority and of 
chivalry and all this kind of stuff and is exposing all of that stuff for the sham that it is. I mean, you, and, you see that with, so the Arthurian romance, it was really interesting to the Victorians and to the romantics, and it makes sense as to why. And then it, you had this kind of revival. I think there was a translation of Mallory that first appeared in the Victorian age. And so Arthur really grabbed their attention and imagination of that period. And then you get to the moderns with T.S. Eliot, and Arthur again is playing a role, but it's to show the collapse and fragmentation of what we want to, of our any political scheme of man is going to fail. Right. And what we have thought was good and noble aim is no longer, it's just everything is shown as a sham and being empty in the first place and just fragments and everything around us is ruins. Right. So, I mean, like we've talked about before, the wasteland is heavily focused on Arthurian, Arthurian imagery, but it's always about how empty it is. Right. So, and then you get to the ultimate Arthurian interpretation with uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. The best well, of them all. I, I actually respect Monty Python a lot more than I do T.H. White, because at least Monty Python understand that there's this thing with institutional weight that they can throw tomatoes at. Like, you have yeah. to respect Arthur to a certain degree before you can want to knock him. You have to imagine that he's on a pedestal before you can want to knock him off the pedestal yeah. like Monty Python does. Whereas T.H. White, I think his scheme and is to just say, eh, Arthur was never that great anyway. I don't think T.H. White is ever nearly as funny as they are. Yeah, also, Monty Python's pretty funny. So, yeah. And then we didn't even mention the ultimate versions of Arthur, because I would say Monty Python was penultimate. But then you have the Clive Owen and Kira Knightley movie that came out in oh yeah, 2000-something. And you have that early guy, oddies, Richie I movie, think. right? What, what's that? Didn't Guy Ritchie do some sort of movie on him, too? Guy Ritchie did... Yeah. Ben Solzer, our good friend, is is a virulent defender of that movie. Okay. I, I'm, I'm an apologist Bensel's for also, it. What's that? You're an apologist for it? Yeah, I, I I like that movie, and I would have loved to have seen follow-ups to it. I actually like that movie, too, and I would have loved to have seen follow-ups. I don't think it has much to do with the Arthur mythos. No, I mean, it has something to do with the Arthur mythos, because it has the Arthurian characters and... and that sort of thing but yeah it's not very it's a very weird take i mean if it was just like what if you combine guy Ritchie's thug street lad sensibilities with the marvel universe and then put a little shimmering a little coat of arthur paint over it the thinnest coat of arthur you might get an entertaining movie in fact i think you do but you, you don't really get king arthur which is which is fine yeah what but. i'd love to see is loki showing up in uh in Guy Ritchie's Arthurverse with Charlie Hunnam in there and all that stuff. That would have been fun. That would have been fun. I haven't seen, I have not seen this movie. Well, it's fun. If you, I think if it's you fun. Can... You, you, you want to know one under the radar movie that is actually really enjoyable to watch with your family and your kids will love is the kid who would be king. I saw that. That was actually good. Yeah. It's a good take on the Arthur legend actually. And Patrick Stewart plays uh Merlin and that's yeah. right. I forgot about that movie. It's, it's actually really fun. And is cool. it worth me watching with no kids? It's probably not you worth wa not worth you watching with Meredith with no kids, but it's probably worth you watching in the same sense that watching uh, 
Clone Wars or something like that is worth watching. If, if you like Star Wars, this is mm-hmm. the kind of Star Wars you like. And if you like Arthur stuff, the kid who w- would be king is the kind of thing that, you know, one night you just might find yourself enjoying. And while understanding it's for kids. Is that, would you say that's fair, Brandon? Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm trying to think of I mean, my, any kids, other... my kids love it, and I think we've watched it twice. And There you go. My kids really enjoyed it too. Yeah. And I even saw it recently on, on one of those lists of movies every kid should see. I'm trying to, trying to think if there's any other Arthur properties we should discuss very quickly. I've never read Stephen Lawhead. I don't think either one of you guys has either. If any of our fans out there have a take on Stephen Lawhead or really love him, I would love to hear it because I don't really have a handle on how high quality he is versus how junky he is. Like, I just don't know. Oh, there is Mark Twain. Yeah, Mark Twain did a did Connecticut Kid in King Arthur's Court. Have you read that one, Brandon? Have you read that one, Jay? I've seen the Bing Crosby movie. I've seen the really crappy 90s movie that they made out of it with no particular stars that I remember. Really? They made a movie out of it? It was like a direct-to-video Disney joint, I think. Like one of those live-action might as well have been the same production values as Mary-Kate and Ashley or something like that. It wasn't very good. I don't remember much about the Bing Crosby movie, except that, you know, he has great, you know, Bing Crosby showmanship as he lights matches and crap like that. Bing Crosby's one of my favorite stars from that era. Bing Crosby's awesome. He's a lot of fun. Apparently, Army of Darkness draws a lot of its inspiration from that book. Yeah, another great kids movie, sequel to The Evil Dead. Uh, Wonderful. Yes. That's a movie that Nathan liked at a certain period in his life. Can't say that I necessarily recommend it, but if you like to see demons get their heads chainsawed off, then it's one of the best best King Arthur movies for demons versus chainsaws. Probably he gets the chainsaw for an arm. Yes, yes, yes. It's Bruce Campbell. He's got a chainsaw for his arm. He fights zombies, basically. (laughs) Other King Arthur, I'm trying to think. I did try and watch The Sword in the Stone. It is one of the, which I haven't seen since I was a kid. It, it is one of the worst Disney movies in terms of production value. Like, Wart's voice actor changes three times in that movie, and they expect you not to notice. Like As a kid, I never did. Yeah. I, I, or if I, I did, I, I dismissed it. I loved that movie as a kid, and I think I still might like it, and I imagine my kids will like it to, if they get to be of, of that age. I just, it's it was kind of interesting to watch it as an adult and realize how many corners that era of Disney was actually cutting and how much it didn't matter at all to the kids. What are the other great King Arthur things? Oh, there's Excalibur, the John Borman movie from the 80s. I've seen yeah. that. If you like, oh, yeah, there's the Richard Gere Lancelot movie. Oh, yeah. You want to talk, yeah. talk about two awesome King Arthur movies, Excalibur and whatchamacallit, the... What is the Richard Gere movie called? First Night. First Night. There yes, it is. Right. Yeah. It was on the tip of my tongue, too. I remember Richard Gere jumping through, like, moving some kind of Rube Goldberg training thing with, like, things that swung at you and things that you had to jump over and things. You guys wait, still wait, remember wait, this? Wait, 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 wait. Are we, are we getting... Is it First Night? Yeah, I think so. There's Those Black Knight nice. with Martin Lawrence. Nice tell. Oh, okay. Nice. Yep, that's what my mind did. My mind tried to take First Night and turn it into a Knight's Tale. That's the Heath Ledger one. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's Chaucer. But, but part of why is because... Straight Chaucer. What'd you say? 
I just said straight Trosser. I think he wrote the screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Lancelot or Ledger's character in that movie is taking a lot of cues from Richard Gere's Lancelot. Right. Actually. Richard Gere. He carried the lady out of the factory. Not in First Night and that other movie. He dated Julia Roberts, the prostitute. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's there's two movies where Richard Gere shows up at the end and takes a woman out of her situation. That's like Richard Gere's thing. He carried uh, old, uh, what's-her-face, Deborah something, out of the factory there, officer and a gentleman. And he carried Climbed the fire escape and... Yeah. Out of a life of prostitution. Good for Richard Gere, saving the ladies one woman at a time. And he, I mean, in Chicago, that's like all he does. Yeah. Billy. Billy. Billy Flynn, I think. We want Billy. All right. This episode has remained on the rails the entire time, and I'm proud yeah. of it. Is there anything else that we need to say about King Arthur stuff right now, Brandon? I don't think so. I think we've touched on everything that I would want to touch on. Okay. Well, why don't you guys assign each one of these patrons a, a knight okay. that you think most represents them, and we will be, we will be done. Do, 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 do. By the way, folks, to become a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash the booking. You can join such hollowed Members of the round table of patronage as Robert and Rhonda the Lovebirds. Dark and Cloudy. The Artful Anthony Dodger. Frankenstein. Little Anthony Cigar Store. Dracula. <laughs> Brennan was trying to do something there. I'm not sure what it was. The Immortal <laughs> Chelsea E. Frankenstein. Dark and Cloudy Night. <laughs> oh, your favorite nights. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Starry. That's good. That was going to be the next one. Summer Night. Uh, Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. Dracula. Dracula Knight. Lily of the Valley. Frankenstein. Creatures of the Night. Arthur, Andrew, I just said Arthur and Esther the Lovebirds. <laughs> Arthur and Esther the Lovebirds. Dracula. The Nightmaster. Frankenstein. Dracula. David's Mighty Men. Frankenstein. Knighting. <sighs> Dracula. John and Jill and Little Baby Merlin. Dracula. Jay and Katie who are cold and love Excalibur. Frankenstein. Dracula. You know, Brandon, you weren't here last, last week and I... Did Dracula for you? And, nice, uh, thanks. Yeah, and it's hard to say Frankenstein Dracula. No, I just said Dracula, but saying Dracula a bunch of times in a row. Dracula is not an easy word to say. No, I thought Frankenstein, um, you know, was the, easily the more challenging of the two. But I had that opinion challenged by trying to keep Dracula going. Anyhow, you do a great job yeah. with it. Just want to say thanks. Yeah, thanks. I think we just heard two two potential T-shirts there. <laughs> Number one is, I thought Frankenstein was the easier of the two, or something like that. <laughs> and the other one was, Dracula's not an easy word to say. I think that those are both <laughs> t-shirts. <laughs> Just saying, fans. <laughs> it's up to you. Uh, Fairy Princess of Wonder and Happiness, Morgana LaBeth. Frankenstein. Dracula. Consul Prime, Adam LaFay. Frankenstein. Dracula. <laughs> Nathan, not me a lot. Frankenstein. Dracula. Ryan the Red Avenger and Judith of the Ladies of the Lake. Frankenstein. Dracula. DJ Sammy Galahad. Frankenstein. Dracula. Benny and Dana Tie. Sir Benny and Tristan Lady Dana and Tiberius. Frankenstein. Dracula. Eric and Catherine from Yon, Sword in the Stone. 
Frankenstein. Dracula. Professor and Lady X marks the spot where the grail is. Frankenstein. Dracula. That was clever. Lavender's Green Knight and the Green Knight. Frankenstein. Noah can... Okay, I'm going to drop this Arthur thing because it's too much text. Pretty hard, huh? Uh, Noah Constrictor, Frankenstein, the Fair, and Fair Maiden Chloe, Anthony was called Hate Life of a in Pursuit of Cheese, Jeffrey the Texas Ranger, Midnight Ninja Ella, Return of the Jedediah, Dave Rack and Ruin, Ellen, Midnight Ninja Ellen, Dave Rack and Ruin, Timothy the Rider of Dawn, Eric Kate the Camp Champ Kings who were warm and love bees, Maddie, 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 Batman, Sweet Dream Sunshine, Tyler the Keeper of Eternal Darkness, Laura the Keeper of Eternal Light, Cold Steel Cody, Jack on the Library and Barbarian, John Bombadillo, Bomb Diggity, and Captain Dracula's mate, Saxophone Alex, the other Saxophone Alex, and Upset Danny, Ryan the Terror of Texas, and Eric of Dreaming Crimson, who no longer are stuck in the cold, please send cheese. Ben Solo and Kylo Ren, John the Cosmic King of Chaos, Matthew the Mind Flayer, Annie, are you okay? Get you on. Flight of Valerie, Thor Ragnarok, Steven, dot, 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 Pegalodon, Christopher the Flower Hulk, Lady of the Crystal Lake, Frankenstein, and Brandon, I don't think you've had a chance to welcome this guy yet, but his name is Ian the Death Mirian, Lord of Death. The Death Ian. Oh, that's right. Ian the Death Mirian, Lord of Death. Death Ian, Lord of Death. You still aren't doing it right, Nathan. And uh, Brandon, you also have not had a chance to Dracula publicly chastise Maya, the dark hooded lady of death, and Jeremy, the dark hooded lord of death, for dropping us like a hot potato. Wow! As soon as they got married, guys. And, and guys, I mean, we we bring you together. You know, you wouldn't be married if you if it wasn't for bonding over the show. You wouldn't even mm-hmm. know who each other are, and then you you drop yeah. us. What's the deal? There's only one thing to say to that. You met at a beginning meetup event and Yeah. Yeah. Applied Dracula. Nope. That is that is the only thing to say about that, isn't it? (laughs) That's what you deserve. Dracula. You deserve to be hunted hunted ineffectually by a monster that's easily defeated (laughs) and has all kinds of weaknesses. I never call out patrons that stop supporting us. But Except for them. They deserved it. They deserved it. They deserved it. And I don't want to let anyone else off the hook. I think you should all be scared to stop supporting us. So, patreon.com forward stop. slash booking. What's that? Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. We might publicly castigate you. Nah, we'll probably only ever publicly castigate Jeremy and Maya because we know them. 